Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale Season 4, Episode 14, Chapter 69, Men of Honor. Archie grows concerned for Frank after someone from his past arrives in Riverdale. It's an episode. This episode is definitely not nice. This episode is stupid. It's Episode 69. It should be nice. It should be nice. And it's not nice. It's not nice. And our episode is late. Sorry about that. We had some life stuff happen. I had to go to the hospital. Things are okay. But yeah, so we had, to, we had to take a pause. So we're getting back on track and we'll just see where it goes from here. So this episode is just, I don't like it. Some of the things that really pissed me off the first time watching it second time, I'm a little bit more okay with, but I still don't like mostly with the Cheryl shit. Mm, we'll get to it. But... There, are, there are two or three things this episode that I was absolutely livid about. And I'm still kind of livid about, but having seen what came up before the break, I think that tempered me. The next episode is what finally got me off of being pissed. But I'm going to discuss that this time because I was very unhappy with this show at the end of this episode. Um, We're not going to pretend we haven't seen Chapter 70. Um, We're not going to talk about Chapter 70 in this episode. But we're just not going to pretend that we don't know what happens next. So we're not going to do the next time on and we're not going to play TV genius. So, yeah. So we start this episode with a very smug jug. (laughs) Honor. It's a word that gets thrown around a lot. It's Stonewall Prep. And we get, okay, challenge to a duel. We're going to do fencing. Oh, can we just bare knuckle brawl? And DuPont says they're going to do both. And then they're going to do a chess match as a tiebreaker for a battle of intellect. Men are the worst. Men suck. And Brett picks Jonathan as his second for moral and tactical support. And then Jughead chooses Donna. And Donna's like, let me assume that you've never held a saber before. And Jughead's like, yeah. And she's like, okay, lucky for you. I'm an excellent coach. And Brett is decidedly mediocre with a sword. And it's just like, we know how this is going to go. Like before we, like, we don't even, like, I could write this scene for you. (laughs) Brett's going to do great with the saber. And then Jughead's going to beat the shit out of him with barely even trying. That's just how it's going to be. And then the chess match is going to be a chess match match of words uh like like it's just like i just you knew how it was gonna go before they even got to it and like who cares you did but they threw a wrinkle in that i appreciated i i appreciated the wrinkle they threw in, but i was just like i don't even care well why should we at this point yeah uh we go over to andrew's construction frank and archie are uh they head into the trailer (laughs) i like that frank asks where's your mom and she is uh, wrapping up a case, and she'll be back in a couple of days. How convenient. Yeah, well, I appreciate that they're asking a question of where's where's the adults? Where are all of these people? And so, like, there's this big dude in the trailer, and they're like, uh, can we help you? And apparently this is Ted Bishop. Apparently he served with Frank, and he is here to tell Frank that someone that they knew, Greg, died of cancer. And Archie invites him to have dinner with them. And Frank is a little nervous. Yeah, he's like shaken. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, sure. We go over to the Pembroke and Veronica comes into the room and there's Hiram and Hermione and Hermione's still alive for now. Yay! Yay! 
And she is here to tell them that her and Smithers are going to New York for a road trip. And they're like, what's going on? And she's like, I have an interview at Barnard College and I have a shopping spree because I have to find the right outfit. And they're like, okay, great. We're going to New York too. And she's like, huh, what? And apparently they've got business meetings and Hermione has lunch with the girls at Cafe des Creatifs. And Veronica's like, fine, but New York is my town, which is just shut up. What is all of this bullshit? Yeah, I'm just like, shut up, Veronica. Just shut up. They are going so far off the rails with Veronica's story. For as much as they've ruined Cheryl, they're making me so annoyed with Veronica. They just, they drove the car in one very clear direction for us, especially in that therapy episode, Mm -hmm. and then just veered it off a cliff the other way. Well, no, and then they were making progress with it. They were. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. Like, they had, like, two episodes where they're like, okay, like, slowly, okay, and now it's just... (laughs) (laughs) Like, they're, like, I understand, like, baby steps, but it's just like, nope, nope. And they should have gone in more with the sister. They should have. There's so many questions about why you didn't use certain characters at certain points, why you didn't include certain characters in more of the story. Mm. What mm. I, They've lost the plot on a lot of shit. They, they just threw a whole lot of shit at the board, and then I don't think they had a plan, or they maybe they ran out of money, or then the contracts <laughs> didn't work to get like people to come back, and they just couldn't make it work. I don't know. There's a mess. Like logistics weren't weren't hashed out properly. We go to school, and Tony is walking through the halls, and she sees Kevin give Fangs like a giant thing of money, and she's like, uh, "Hey, Fangs, tell me you're not selling drugs again." And he's like, "Uh." Kevin and I started a little side hustle. Ew. Like, like, nothing illegal. Hey, it's true. They've got us there. We know what they're doing. And she's like, okay, is it something I can get in on? Okay. Hey. I, I don't love it because I don't want to kink shame. Fair. That's exactly the problem. I don't want to kink shame. I don't like how it all started. And also, these are all underage people. Thank you. That's where I have it. That's my biggest problem is that all of these kids are doing things that are very dangerous, particularly for underage children, because they are children. Uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's that's where things start getting extra icky. We are depicting children doing sex work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's that's the bottom line here and it's really fucking wrong and like i'm fine with sex work and yes like i'm fine with the tickling work but you're not adults uh, like you're essentially child sex slaves at this point i don't it's understand not, it's not cool like apparently this is okay on the cw great it is okay. well it is for ras uh, and that's the problem. He's a garbage human, is what I've decided. Mm-hmm. Betty is waiting outside the principal's office. Alice comes out like hooting and hollering. Betty's being suspended, and she's she's not allowed to be editor in chief of the Blue and Gold, and she can't go to prom. Like honestly, honestly, that she deserves that. They're sitting there just like this is unacceptable. I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? This is a very reasonable punishment from Honey. Like I appreciate an adult who's like. You did a bad. You're getting punished. Reasonably punished for your bad. I do understand it was like, look, this isn't how it happened. It was like, yes, that is not how it happened. 
but that's what it fucking looks like and there's no proof to show otherwise yeah like honestly alice you fucked up like yeah. anybody else this is what it looks like so guess what your kid's paying the price i just wrote when she goes the nerve of that man i'm like what did you fucking expect he's a principal of a school but like this is alice so whatever <laughs> And then, and then I love and Brett Weston Wallace character. He's filing a restraining order against you, claiming that he fears for his life. What? Brett's afraid of me? Why? Apparently, you cracked open his head with a golf club. Oh, right, I did do that. Hey, writer. I do love that. So they they walk past the blue and gold, and they see the the bulletin board. And Alice is like, "What's this? Oh, my latest murder board. My latest. Who got murdered? Mister Chipping? Maybe. We let the case get cold." But we know Brett's a total sociopath, so let's find out if he's a killer too. Uh, and Alice just kind of shrugs, so they both like, oh, well, I got, I don't have a job, so they just start taking it down, which is ridiculous. But I love it. <sighs> it's ridiculous, but of all of the ridiculous things, this one's the most plausible. Uh, we head on over to the Andrews house, and Frank and Archie and Ted are having dinner, and Ted is telling a story of how they were ambushed in a city, and Frank save ted and frank got the red badge of courage for saving his ass and frank's trying to like wave it off and ted's getting ready to leave and archie's like no no no, you stay and frank's like okay well as so long as i'm not you know putting anybody out so now red badge of courage is the name of a book yep and perhaps it was just a saying but would would you put it past them to have called that an actual military medal in archie world <laughs> Because uh, it's not a real medal. No. <laughs> no, there's like V for Valor. There's a Purple Heart. Yeah. Like there's, yeah, there's not a red badge for courage. But would they have been lazy enough to come up with that just to do uh, it? Like, which actually kind of pisses me off. Yeah, it's not good. Because like you don't need to BS military crap. I I don't know. But again... They're so lazy, I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, that kind of makes me mad. Like, I don't get pissed off about a lot of shit, but like, that's just lazy. Just don't. (sighs) Uh, We go next door to the Cooper house and Alice and Betty are looking at the murder board. Back on their bullshit. Mm -hmm. And they're just like trying to like look at what's going on and they're just kind of asking a couple of questions. And Alice just kind of looks at it and goes, like, tell me, Elizabeth, is there a Mrs. Chipping? Whoa. Which is a fair question. That's that's a question that has not been asked before. We go back to the Andrews house the next morning. Um, Archie, you know, saying, hey, bye. And they're like, what's going on? He's like, I'm going to be late for school. So he runs <laughs> out. Uh, you know, Ted's all like, okay, I'm going to leave. And then Frank gets a phone call. And then he's like, what? What do you mean? Ducky was murdered? And then Ted attacks him. Mm-hmm. And fighty fight, 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 fight. Archie comes in, smacks Ted with a frying pan. And then Ted gets back up, hits Archie, runs away. Frank throws a knife at the door. <laughs> and Frank is like, what's going on? And Archie's like, I forgot my phone. <laughs> Riverdale. That was funny. This is the dumbest storyline. And I will say this. These fight scenes are so fucking bad. <laughs> they are so fucking slow. It's Ted. It's Ted that's the problem here. Well, he's he's waiting. He's just standing there 
which is why they're slow. But here's the thing. The direct, nobody, nobody sped anything up. This is direction more than anything else. Well, that's fair. It's just he and Frank are so beefy and like not in a not in a action star way, but just in a beefy dude way that they just look slow fighting each other. Mm-hmm. The only person who's convincing in these fight scenes is Archie. Yeah. It's KJ. Yeah. Because KJ actually looks like he's moving. Yep. Ooh. Oh. And this whole thing is it's worse than the bear. No, because this is actually plausible. (laughs) Excuse me? Getting mauled by a bear is more plausible than this bullshit. (laughs) No, this actually fucking happens. But this is still stupid. So we come back to the Andrew's house. And apparently, Frank, after the war, he did a security gig. It was paid well. No questions asked. It was paramilitary contract. Um, they were sent all over the world as mercenaries. So his guess is the company's tying up loose ends and maybe they're about to be exposed and Ted's still on their payroll. <laughs> so basically, like, Ted killed some guys. This is like some bad soap opera version of Blackwater. Yeah, it's, it's Blackwater bullshit from, like, the show Damages. That's why I'm like... Well, so at least this is like semi-plausible in some version of the world, but it's still fucking stupid. It is in a a really dumb, idiotic view of the world because Blackwater never got caught for anything. So Frank says he needs to run. Archie says, no, I know someone that we can talk to for help. We can trust this guy. Okay. I like Archie's like, no, you don't run. We got to face this. Okay. Good on Archie. You know, he's, you know. He's Fred's boy. I can't just pull the lid. I did things. I followed orders. No. Uh, we go back to the Cooper house and Mrs. Chipping is there. I'm like, okay, we know this is hard for you. The first question is the hardest. And Mrs. Chipping says, the answer is no. I absolutely do not believe my husband was having an affair with that student. And Rupert, he had his problems, but he never cheated on me. Not ever. Okay, so she knows what the the statement is, but she doesn't think he was sleeping with Donna. Okay, so what was the problem? He was drinking more than usual, complaining about the Baxter Brothers books, wishing he'd never gotten the contract. He just kind of felt like it was an albatross around his neck. Like, so, okay, apparently getting the Baxter Brothers contract sucks. Yeah. Like, it's not something you actually want. No. And then Miss Chipping says that she has brought a box of his personal effects that she cleaned out of his office that she cannot make any sense out of it. And, you know, she's like, I don't know what this means. Why does Mr. Chipping have army pamphlets here? Unless. <gasps> Unless. Yeah. We And we cut to the next scene, which we know what that's going to point to. It's going to be Moose. <laughs> <laughs> Who went into the army? And we go over to the sheriff's office and it's every, wait a minute. So a highly trained mercenary tried to kill you two in the kitchen, and now he's in hiding waiting to strike again. Is that about right? I'm his target, not Archie. <laughs> I love FPs just like, this sounds ridiculous. Well, okay, that's what it should have been. Mm-hmm. And then he should have been like, get the fuck out of here, Frank. That would have created interesting dramatic tension. Instead, he then immediately pivots Man, that's tough. I've had some guys like that in my time. What? We yeah. just fed this bullshit. Well, and then we get we get this bit that we didn't know about FP as a vet and a serpent. 
I've been in a couple of bar fights with these ultramarine types. We didn't know if he was a vet. Like, yeah, we didn't know that about him. So that's kind of cool. I guess. But did they? why did they do it? They just did it because we're having a vet episode all of a sudden. Yeah, men of honor. Like They will literally just say, ooh, we're doing an episode and it involves the military. Which, honestly, why didn't we talk about Kevin's parents? Kevin's dad is a former sheriff. Kevin's mom is in the fucking military. This would have been a perfect time to have had her come back. Be like, men of honor, you think stereotypical dudes, but no, men of honor also means women of honor. Like, that would have been a fucking great episode to have Kevin's mom show up. Because? Because, oh, wait, this is R.I.S.'s show. And she doesn't exist. They will never pay somebody to play that role. No, because Kevin Keller doesn't matter as a character in the show. Of course not. No, he's no. a prop. He's a prop. I hate this show. I know. <laughs> he's a prop. So they decide that they're going to lure him out, but it has to be a place under their complete control, and they're going to use the gym. Ooh. So we, we go to Stonewall, and they fence. <laughs> Brett wins. Big Yay. Shot. The end. Next scene. Yep. We go to New York, and we go to Lacey's department store, and... I meant to look this up. Maybe somebody on the internet can tell me because I don't want to look it up because I'm I don't I'm tired. But this set piece looks like the exact same set piece that they use on the marvelous Mrs. Maisel for B. Altman. It looks the exact same. So if you know and you thought the same thing, please tell me. So this is where we meet Katie Keene and they have a shopping montage, which is a really shitty shopping montage. Okay. It is so fucking bad. So let's start. All right. Mm -hmm. Number one, why the fuck are they dressed like it's the 1940s while everybody else in that department store looks like just a normal, regular human? They have the stupidest outfits on. Here's, Here's the thing. When you do a shopping montage, it's supposed to be aspirational. That's fair. Yeah. When you do clothing on television... For teenagers, especially aimed at teenage girls, it's supposed to be aspirational. It's supposed to be whatever these girls are putting on. I want to go to the mall and try to replicate this. There ain't fucking nothing in this show that anyone wants to replicate. And that is not old mom here talking. This is there's nothing in this scene that is Ooh, I look cute. There's no, there's no, I'm putting on a sexy outfit or I'm putting, like, there's nothing in this scene that is just, I'm putting on a playful, cute outfit. It's just, I put on this outfit. I put on this outfit. There's, there's nothing about the scene that works. <laughs> not from a clothing perspective, not from a scene perspective. Like, it's just bad. <laughs> this is, this is a by committee outfit fashion sequence. And, That's sad (laughs) that nobody could be bothered to recreate a fucking 80s movie. (laughs) Yeah. My God. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We go to the gym and Ted shows up and he's wearing a Punisher shirt because he's the Punisher because in Archie comics, Archie versus Punisher because it's the thing. Thanks. I hate it. Yep. Ted comes in. All the serpents come out. Serpent FPRS Ted. Ted says to Frank, you're all. You're all fair game now. This is some of the worst dialogue I've heard on this show. Uh-huh. It's it's C-list action movie bad. Yeah. We go to the jail. FP puts him in into the jail. They get some sleep. 
you got a date with the feds. And Ted's like, what about Frank Andrews? He's a mercenary, too. FP's like, I don't know anybody by that name. And just walks, <laughs> walks out, which is kind of funny and sweet. And I do kind of like that that's kind of how FP's kind of having his his sheriff cake and eating it, too. And being like, I'm going to use the law to, like, get rid of scum. But I'm, like, I'm still a serpent. Like, Frank may be a bad dude, have been a bad dude. But, like, he doesn't deserve to go down for this. Worst sheriff. Ever. Worst sheriff ever. But like this is this is one of those situations where like he's using a sheriff for good. Like it's just one of those. Like Oh yeah, no, he uses his position to try to do the right thing that FP would try to do. But like yeah. come on, man. We go over to the Maple Club because that's a thing. <laughs> the show. I know. I know. And Nick St. Clair walks in, and we hate Nick St. Clair, but I love Graham Phillips. I do. I do love him. Tony doesn't know who he is, so she introduces herself. She shows him around. He's just like, all right, I'm here. I'm going to throw a party for my friends to celebrate the fact that we all got into Harvard. And so she's like, okay, you know, I'll let me walk you through some of our offerings and options. And Cheryl sees them talking she walks in and she has a flashback to what happened. I'm already mad. We didn't need to share this. Uh, mm, we'll get to it. This part I'm okay with. Okay, I hate it. I I understand. I understand from second one. I 100% had that feeling. When we get to later, I'll tell you why I'm okay with it. Uh, we go over to Pops and Betty and Alice are talking to Moose. Betty's asking Moose, "Who gave you the army pamphlets?" This is like after the article airing All My Dirty Laundry was published, I was pretty messed up. Chipping suggested I look into the military and they asked, okay, how did you know Chipping? Oh, he recruited me to play football. And they're like, wait, what? Mr. Chipping's the reason you were at Stonewall Prep in the first place? Yeah. And after Halloween, uh, he basically shoved me out the door. So, okay, Chipping's the one who got him there and then Chipping's the one who made him leave. Uh Oh, that's weird plus there was a videotape huh brett videotaped me having sex in our dorm room with a classmate and he was lording it over me and threatening to release it any minute and betty just kind of looks at him as just like brett videotaped you having sex in your dorm room and we all know of course we know but it's just dawning on her she goes that's jughead's room I've had sex in that room. Oh, shit. Shit. And like you can see, Alice has not put this together yet. No, Alice like, is just an investigation. Why are you asking these questions, Betty? Investigation mode. So we cut to the dorm room, breaking and entering. Is this normal for you, Elizabeth? Kind of. <laughs> yeah. This is Jughead's room, too. And he said I could come in here whenever I wanted. So like when all the preppy scumbags are in class. Not quite. And Brett. And so Brett comes in and he's like, what the hell are you doing in here? Looking for the dirt you have on Moose Mason. I know you filmed him having sex to extort him. And basically she's just like, okay, she's asking, she's like, I want to know, like, where's this collection? And Brett's like, did Moose ever lay eyes on this alleged collection? But says, question, do you have a tape of me and Jughead? To which Alice goes, <gasps> Oh my god to which betty just puts her hand up mom calm down <laughs> i love the hand up she's like i do not have time for this right now mother betty has no time for bullshit i love that in this situation betty is the adult yeah 
It's great. And I love it. And actually, through this episode, if you watch Betty's costumes, she is actually dressed a lot like Alice season one. She's very prim and proper. And Alice has very like more hair down, very casual. She is wearing a lot more like pastel colors. And Betty is actually wearing a lot more like harsher colors. It's very interesting. Oh, shoot. Alice is wearing like Betty sweaters. She is. Oh, man. You're I, right. There, There is one sweater, the pink and gray Argyle sweater that I looked at and I thought, I really feel like that is a sweater that we've actually seen Betty wear. And if I... I'm I'm not going to do the homework, but I looked at it and I thought I would not be surprised if that is one that she has actually worn in the show. Kudos to you, costume department. <sighs> yeah, Somebody's doing something, right? Occasionally they do some really good work with the with the costumes. And Brad's just like, no, I don't have that. Uh, and he's like, but if I did, it'd be a good thing I'm such a nice guy because I could really do a number on you by releasing it. He's like, so uh, you should leave now and I won't tell Jones about this latest escapade of yours. Or you could come with me to chemistry class and we could tell him together. Brett's the best character on the show right now. He is. He's very interesting. And so Alice pulls Betty out of the room and Brett shuts the door. And Brett's now nervous. Brett's freaking out. Yeah, a little bit. Which I love. We cut over to Katie and Veronica at some bar in New York. Molly's crisis. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just hate this whole scene. Oh, the scene's bad because this is a horrible way to introduce Katie Keene. It's it is a sledgehammer of information. It's a sledgehammer of information. It doesn't do anything to make me want to watch Katie Keene. And here's the other thing. Lucy Hale is a great actress. Mm -hmm. She's a fabulous actress. This writing is fucking horrible. It's fucking garbage. Apparently, like she made the dress. For Veronica's quinceanera with her mom, but her mom, her mom had a dress shop. Now her mom's really sick, but she's getting treatments and she's got a boyfriend who's a boxer whose name is K.O. And like, I mean, like, I just, I just wrote, I was like, Lucy Hale's a really good actress. She really is. I mean, she is a good, legit actress. And I'm just like, and you're just like, you're just in this crap. Oh, they wrote a commercial. That's all they did. Yeah. They wrote a fucking commercial for the show instead of showing a commercial well, for the show. Here's the thing. And that's very standard CW. And I'm totally fine with it. It makes perfect sense. This is the perfect character to interact with Katie King, New York girl, New York character. But also, you should have Josie in the scene. Yes. We should have a lot more happening here. You should have a bottle episode of Veronica in New York. That's no. what it should be. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, they wrote a three-minute commercial. So this, 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 like, it's sweet because Veronica's like, I'm here to be your friend, blah, 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 the end. Uh, we go back to the Andrews house and Frank is packing because he's going to go to Canada. <laughs> it's going to run. This hasn't happened before. No. And Archie's like, don't do it. Frank's like, but I'm gonna. <laughs> That's the end of the scene. We cut to cheryl's bedroom and i want to point out cheryl is not wearing lipstick okay 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 so they're in bed and tony's like hey what what happened you ghosted me today and cheryl says do you remember that patrick bateman type from earlier today at the maple club love that reference oh you mean nick st Clair? uh-huh and she's like yeah um sophomore year nick came to riverdale one weekend looking for a party he spiked my champagne coaxed me to the back to the room five season where he attempted to assault me and tony's horrified so thankfully, Veronica, Josie, and the Pussycats came to my rescue. And I thought I'd worked through it emotionally. 
but seeing him today and Tony finishes, she's like, it triggered you. I get it. A similar experience happened to me before I moved to Riverdale. And Cheryl's like, oh my God, TT, I'm so sorry. What what did you do? How'd you cope? Tony says, it took a while, but with a lot of help, I worked through it. And I want to help you get there too. This is the scene that made it okay for me that they brought Nick St. Clair back. Because for me, what I do appreciate is that they're pointing out this shit happens to a lot of girls all the time. And they dealt with Nick like in that moment, like they beat him up. They they stopped something from happening. But there is an emotional thing that has not been dealt with for Cheryl. This is another layer that Cheryl needs to deal with. Okay. That she didn't know she needed to deal with until she saw him again. I'm okay with that from a character standpoint. I know I say we don't need to rehabilitate Cheryl, but I do appreciate that that I'm I'm fine with that. Like him showing up and be like, oh no, we this is a trigger. We need to deal with this. Totally fine with that. I'm 100% fine with all that. I am not okay with what they do with Nick St. Clair. Because what they do is they assault Nick St. Clair. They blackmail him. And they are as bad as him now. That's my problem. To me, already, it feels like we're re-traumatizing the characters for the sake of the plot. And that's, from my perspective, the loss of trust in the writing staff. That is totally what it is. Because you're right. I did not see it that way at all mm-hmm. watching it. And and you're you're right in that it does actually deal with that issue in a much more nuanced and positive light. Well, because they could have had him come back to the, like, Tony could have had him come to the club. And she could have served him the rum, like, made him really, like, want to be at the club. And then she's like, I just want you to know, I know who you are. I've called every club in the area, and I've let them know who you are. And you will not be served because we know what you do to girls. And neither will any of your guests because we know what you do. And that's the best way to to bring closure to that issue. It acknowledges what happened, brings closure to the issue. It lets you have bring back the character a little bit. You to like one up him, but it doesn't make you smarmy and gross. It it really comes down to that because they've burned me so many times before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That the second they did it, my immediate first thought is great. So you're just going to show us this and do it again and again and again and re traumatize these characters. And then you're also going to have Tony go through that. Mm -hmm. And so now everybody has to be damaged. And notice how the people that we are continually re-traumatizing so severely are all queer yeah yeah and are also happen to be involved in sex work yeah real great so happy about this this is my sarcasm um i'm 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 livid i'm very mad i'm very mad uh we go over to stonewall and it's bare knuckle brawl time (laughs) okay this one of the few highlights of this episode this one was funny because this one was done properly so they're all we need is a coffin for Jones, like the one I buried him in way back when. When did Brett become Mr. T? I don't know. Like Brett thinks he's <laughs> Brett thinks he's hot shit. It's of funny. course he does. And like Jug is just like, what the fuck? I don't care. Um So he lets Brett get a shot in. Yeah, like which I appreciate. Like I like that like Jughead's like, all right, I'll let you get one in into the face. Then Jughead just smacks him in. Brett's out cold glass jaw he's like eh, you got a got a glass jaw jones is the winner the duel is officially over tomorrow's chess match will decide the ultimate winner so good i love it because that's we knew that was gonna happen we knew jughead was gonna win i like that we didn't like 
like let it go on forever because we don't need that and we don't care. Also, it is nice to see big evil bro Brett get knocked the fuck out with a punch. Yeah. Like that is a fun bit. That's enjoyable. Uh, We go over to the prison and the guard comes to bring Ted his food and Ted is passed out and it looks like he may have thrown up on the ground and the guard is concerned and he goes to open the door and then we pan the camera over and we see that Ted's eyes are open so clearly he is lying about being passed out on the floor. Oh no. Jughead is walking down the hall and all of the students are like hitting him in the shoulder and giving him a hard time and he gets to his room and a snake has been nailed to the wall. Donna shows up and he's like, really? Body checks in the hall. Like, since when does Brett even have friends at school? And Donna's like, he doesn't. It's pack behavior. He's a stony through and through. He's easy to root for. I don't believe her. Yeah. And he's like, okay, like, so what, the entire school's against me? And she's like, not the entire school. You've still got me. Uh Uh-uh. No. Lies. Liar. We go back to the Cooper house and (sighs) Betty's just like, okay, if that tape exists, we have to find it, but we can't search the whole school. And so, like, they're talking back and forth and they've decided that they're going to check the place where the secret society holds their meeting but they've got to do it when brett is distracted so they're gonna do it during the last challenge okay i appreciate the dynamics that we have with alice and betty Mm -hmm. but there i think this scene in particular i had a note where i was like i really wish they would have let alice drive the bus on this it feels more fun when alice is the one deep in the investigation part of it The difference is that Alice has no information about what's going on. She doesn't know anything about these students. She doesn't know anything about the society. She does not have the inside track on the investigation. I guess I didn't have the energy from her. Like, let's figure out this mystery. Like, there wasn't that hunger for the the story like there normally is from her. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wish that was there. Because it just feels like it's missing because she has to take the back seat. It's it's all writing. It all comes back to writing. Mm -hmm. We get over to the school and Archie's in the bathroom. He gets a phone call. Hey, Mr. Jones, what's up? Red, got a problem. Ted escaped. Wherever you are, you have to get somewhere safe. ASAP. How the hell did he escape? He just about snapped Tubby in two. Tubby, the deputy. Tubby, the deputy. Way to go, Riverdale. And door to the bathroom open. Punisher comes out. Punchy, 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 punchy. Kevin comes in. This school is insane. <laughs> Punchy, punchy. They run out into the hallway. Kevin gets punched. They go into the doghouse. Oh, no. And they they mess it up. Don't break the doghouse. This is the worst crime. Rude. (laughs) There's some Ikea furniture in there that they're going to have to rebuild. That is a crime against us, Riverdale. Against us. I am offended. Offended. (laughs) Then Frank shows up and punches Ted out. With a football trophy. Yeah, and it's like, I thought you were gone. I had a gut feeling this wasn't over, Archie, but it is now. And we get a real nice shot of the Punisher skull. Yeah. I go over to the Maple Club, and... uh... (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. We we already talked about it just a minute ago. Yeah, okay. So Nick Sinclair's there. Tony asks him if he would like to enjoy a drink in her private room. And he's like, yep, let's go. I am mad for Vanessa Morgan. I am most mad for her. She is an amazing actress. And they've just fucked her over. Yeah. Well. Ugh. 
go over to the Cooper house and Betty and Jughead are practicing chess. And she's like, you're going to mop the floor with him, Jug. <laughs> it's like, you just have to stay focused and you can wipe that smoke smile off Brett's face. <laughs> just cute little angry Betty. And she's like, where's the match? Uh, same place as the other ones, the seminar room. Uh, at what time? <laughs> you yeah. see Jughead being like, what are you plotting? So then we are at Stonewall. And Brett's like, I want to raise the stakes. When I win, you walk away from the Baxter Brothers contract. And Chuck is like, to what end? The restoration of the rightful natural order of the world. You lose, you slink away, and are never heard from again. Just like your grandfather. This is such a good Jughead moment. Jughead's like, you want to know the one problem with that? You're a terrible writer, Brett. So no, I'm not going to accept your terms. This is a duel about honor. And when you lose, it's going to be because I'm a better writer and a better competitor. And I'm a better man. <laughs> like, it's great because it sounds like very honorable, but it feels petty. It f The way Cole delivers this feels so petty. And that's what's so obnoxious. And I love it. Well, it's honestly, the second he says this, He's won. Mm -hmm. It doesn't fucking matter what happens. He has made the point clear. You're not getting this book from me. No. Well, here's here's the thing. Because Jughead already won because if you win this contract in a game, you've lost. Because you already lost the contract because I beat you. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those things like when you win something by cheating, you've never won. It's never yours. The only thing you have left is your quote unquote honor. Yeah. And I'm already showing you up on that front too, dipshit. Yeah. And so then we see Betty and Alice, they go find the secret room and then they go to the corner of the room and then they find the tape that says Donna on it. And then Brett's watch starts beeping and he's like, hey, um, someone's broken into Quill and Skull's room. And Jughead's like, what are you talking about? Silent alarm. I have it synced to alert me of any intruders. Mr. DuPont, may I call a recess? And he's like, yeah, we'll resume the game after this is cleared up. Then everybody busts in. I almost admire your gumption, Ponytail, but you're done. You're trespassing, blah, blah, blah. And so basically they're like, all this is private property, so you can't take these. And these are consensual testimonies of confessions. And Jughead's like, yeah, I gave a confession. Uh-oh. Yeah, so they got to go finish the match. So they're back at the, the chessboard. They moved it to the basement. Yeah, they're going block back, back and forth. And Jughead looks at the board. And then he looks at Betty. And Betty just like nods at him. And so Jughead makes a move. Brett's like, you, you can't do that. That allows me to put you in... Yeah, checkmate. You know, why? Why would you do that? Because I'm done playing this game, Brett. Brett wins this duel. You're more of a stonewall man than I will ever be or I'll ever want to be. And so then he gets up and he looks at Betty. Let's blow this place. And they leave. Cool hand jug. Yep. He's just like, I don't give a shit. Like, you don't win. Like, you may win the duel, but you haven't won over me. And Brett can't get any satisfaction from this. Yeah, he's like, I don't care. <laughs> like, like, I don't. Ah, hits so great. Yeah. Uh, you know, for all his faults, God bless Jug. Mm -hmm. So we go over to Andrew's house. Archie's on the phone. He gets a phone call. And he's like, all right, thanks, Mr. Jones. We appreciate it. And he's talking to Frank. He's like, uh, the feds picked up Ted. 
He'll be tried for everything he did in Riverdale. He said they're looking for you too. Mm, Frank's like, yeah, of course they are. He's like, look, my mom's a lawyer, not me, but wouldn't it go better if you turned yourself in? You could cut a deal. And um, Frank's like, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll turn myself in tomorrow. And Marge is like, I think this is the right thing to do, Uncle Frank. <laughs> you know he's not going to do that, you dumb boy. We, we know. We know what's going to happen. Uh, big dumb Archie. Yeah. So we go over to the Pembroke in Veronica's room and Hermione comes in and she's Hermione's very upset. And she comes in and tells Veronica that they didn't go to New York for business. They went to go see a doctor, a specialist, because Hiram is sick. He has a neuromuscular disorder and that will cause his muscles to atrophy and he will lose his motor skills. The good news is they caught it early. So there's drugs and there's therapies. And so they're asked, like, so is he going to be fine? And Hermione says, I don't know. We just know that he's very, very sick. And Hermione just breaks down crying and so it's just just one of those things where just like this feels like a real manipulation and i genuinely believe like this is eventually this is all going to come out to be a lie actually ooh, okay theory i do i do have a theory a a theory on something i hate but okay hiram is sick but hermosa is the one that is making him sick (sighs) munchausen by proxy because everybody loves that i mean it's the only reason to have around at this point and it allows us to still love Hiram. I mean, maybe or you could do a Count of Monte Cristo with Hermione instead, eh. slowly poisoning him bit by bit. But I mean, I just, first of all, have the courage of your convictions and say he has like ALS or something. But more importantly, they're going to deep fake this bullshit. Yeah. Like, that's all I can see here. And I just, it's infuriating mm-hmm. because this is a real thing that affects real people. And it's ableist as shit. I is like, fuck off with this. Mm-hmm. This whole plot line is enraging to mm-hmm. me. It's one thing for this show to have been tone deaf. It's another thing for this show to actively just want to lean in to bullshit. And it's, I, I don't know how you come back from that. So, yeah, that, that's my theory on what's actually happening because we're going to get to this place where like Veronica, I mean... We know what happens in the next episode. So like Veronica is going to like her sister, you know, her sister is going to come back and we're going to have issues. But, you know, I think that's what's happening. It's, that's how we keep her sister at play. Ugh. Yep. And it's mm, his rum. His rum is what's causing it for him. His his rum is what's poisoned. All right. We go to the Maple Club. We go to the private suite. We see Fangs zipping up his pants. Gross. Yes. Drew Tanner is very attractive. Oh my god, he's so fucking hot. He's very hot. And Drew Tanner, we like what you got going on. Mm-hmm. Okay? Especially when it's you and Casey caught together. Okay? Y'all are adorable together. I love you so much. Oh, they broke down this episode. It was great. It's precious. Nick St. Clair wakes up and he's like, what? Where the hell am I? And he's like covered in feathers, <laughs> which is kind of funny. And he's like, who the hell are you? I bet you say that to all the boys. They've made a tickling video of him. And they show him video and tony comes like you don't know me but i know you and i know exactly what you did to my girlfriend cheryl blossom and what you've probably done to a lot of other innocent girls so you will never step foot in riverdale again and you will not so much as even think about cheryl blossom and you will never assault another woman because if you do i will let the whole world see what was done to you i will ruin you and then we hear like Nick laughing in the video and we hear him saying why are you tickling me and we hear the laughing and, you know, he's yelling like, no, no, 
the worst possible thing that could have been done to a man is be tickled and humiliated by other men. Well, I mean, they they have dragged and assaulted him. Yes. Yes, they have. So they are no better than him. Good job, show. Yeah. Fuck off. They did. The, I mean, okay. Their intent was not to sexually assault him, but they did the exact same thing that he has done. They did. They, he, they assaulted him. Assault is assault. It doesn't it's, fucking it's matter. They assaulted him. Yes. And now they are blackmailing him, which is what, oh, that's what Brett is doing to other characters in the show by holding videos against their will. So this is great. You do realize how you ruin him, right? Yeah. You pull together multiple testimonies and send it to fucking Harvard. Then you have the party and you'd be like, oh, by the way, here's your Harvard people. No, you make him unfuckable. Which is why that was my suggestion, is that you have Tony call all and Cheryl get together and have all of the private fancy clubs blacklist him and all of his friends. They won't serve him. They won't party with him. What an idea. That's what you do. You make him unfuckable. You are not a guy we want at our party. You are not interesting. You think you're going to be a good time at Harvard? Nobody wants you at their secret society. Nobody gives a shit who you are. Have fun at Harvard. I hate this show. So we we cut to the foursome at Cheryl's room, and they're all watching the tickling video. And they're even to- worse. Yeah, and they're all toasting. And this is kind of funny, is that Kevin says so. Nick is what we in the tickle business call a first class squealer. And they propose a toast to Tony Topaz, who slayed yet another dragon from my past. And it's just ridiculous. Mm, whatever. Cut over to Archie coming out of the shower. Beefcake Archie. Archie. It's been a while since it was pure beefcake Archie. And he sees Frank's, I guess, bread badge of courage. Oh, God. And the tool belt on the bed. There it is. It's confirmation. We did it. They made up a fucking military medal. Yeah. And then he goes downstairs and he sees FP and he's like, Frank didn't even leave a note. And... He's just like, I knew he was going to run. <laughs> Duh. He told me he wasn't, but I just felt it. Oh, Archie. And then he, he says this thing that's really super cheesy. And he says, my dad was a decent, good guy. He worked hard. He loved me. He loved his life. I believe he slept peacefully at night, you know, unless I was out doing some dumbass thing. And like, um, that's all fine. I'm with that. Some days he won and some days he lost, but usually it was a draw and that was enough for him. He he was just he was just a simple man with honor. Oh. And maybe that's what's next for me. Okay. Okay. This is really cheesy. It's cheesy as hell. But it's also really sweet and kind of a poetic way to look at someone's life. No. It is. This is so bad. It just end it if you ended it at most days it was a draw. Leave it. Yeah. To throw the title in for the line is the stupidest yeah. choice. I, I, I agree. No, no, I, I'm, I'm focusing on the sentiment. Uh, yeah, no, that it, he's like, like, like he's just looking at his dad's life. Oh, I was all in on the sentiment, and then they dropped that line, and I was like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I, I, I can't get hung up on that. Otherwise, I would, I would murder myself. Oh, I did because I was already super angry, and I like that FP is just like sounds like a good plan to me. I appreciate that. And it was sweet and cute. Uh, like, they've they've done a good job. As stupid as Archie's fucking storyline has been, they've been doing a good job. Like, they have. But doing a better job than some. Let's <laughs> leave it at that. 
we go over to the Pembroke and Veronica comes in and announces that she'll be going to Barnard. She'll be moving in with the freshman class as Veronica Lodge. And Hiram goes, did you say Lodge? And he says, I did. And let's not make a federal case out of it, Daddy. It's kind of cute. We go over to the Cooper house. And Betty asks Jughead, he's like, any regrets about throwing the match? No, if I've learned anything over the last couple of days that I really don't have to prove anything to these people. They have no idea what true honor is, and you are not a damsel in distress. Thank you, Chuckhead. But I'll murder Brett if he actually has a tape of us. <laughs> Fair. He would, too. And she's like, speaking of tapes, I did manage to sneak something out of the Quill and Skull Room, a videotape labeled Donna. Oh, boy, if you thought I was angry before. Uh-huh. Okay. So she turns on the tape. And Donna starts talking. We were having an affair. I knew it was wrong and I didn't want anybody to get in trouble. So I tried to break it off with him. But then he got aggressive. Wait. And Jughead's like, wait, what's going on? This is exactly what Donna told me about Mr. Chipping, except wait for this part. And then I was so scared. I told him that if he didn't stop, I'd go to the headmaster. I'd never seen Mr. Cotter so mad. Jughead says, who's Mr. Cotter? But he says, based on my research, no one. He doesn't even exist. And even more chilling, Donna is 100% using the same language, even exactly the same words she used when she told me about Mr. Chipping. So then we see a flashback of Donna saying the exact same thing about Chipping in the episode where they were snowed in. Meaning, she's lying, Jug. This is a rehearsed speech Donna has given at least twice. All this time, I've been thinking, we've been thinking that Brett's the evil mastermind behind Stonewall Prep. But I think we need to be more worried about Donna. Riverdale. I knew they were going to do this. Yep. I fucking knew it. Yep. Yep. This was the absolute worst. And they saved it for the very end of the episode. I mean, we knew this was going to come back up because we had our doubts when she did this before. Yeah. And they hedged it. They did a. Okay. They did a decent job with raising the question. And now they've presented us with more information. So, okay. And I just want to know, like, what's on the rest of the tapes? That's what I want to know. I want to know what's on the rest of the tapes. I like I like that you are just more curious. I, I am more curious because, I mean, the show is tone deaf. They're, they're so tone deaf about all of their implications about whether or not they're doing things well. I, I just don't think they care. Oh, they, they, they have no conscience when it comes to doing things. What will cause the most stir on social media and get people talking? Yeah. And with this in particular, my biggest issue was there's a lot of just kind of dumb eye rolling stuff yeah. when you really get down to it. Some of the stuff that I'm angry about. This one in particular really infuriated me mm-hmm. because we talked about it originally. You didn't have to do this story like this. Correct. You could have done something equally as unnerving uh-huh. and okay. a problem. Uh-huh. It could have been an academic scandal. Yeah. It could have been anything that would have been really kind of tense and nervous well, and done this same lying without this implication. Well, and and the thing that always gets us so up in arms and makes us so frustrated is that they can get the same emotion or tone that they're trying to Without it being gross or icky. Without the implication of a sexual molestation by an adult. And then throwing survivors under the bus by talking about that being a lie. There's just no responsibility taken for the fact that this is a show. I mean, like, I understand that they're teenagers, but they're also still children. 
And there's just no responsibility taken for that. That at the end of the day, like I understand that we're like fully adults talking about this show. <laughs> yes. But the intended audience is for kids 16 to 22, I believe, is probably the target demographic. 24. 20, I mean, 20, like that's the college age, probably. So, like, that's your target demographic. So, it's like, um, might want to like put in some positive and like do a better job. So, yeah, I think that wraps it up for this episode. <sighs> <sighs> Sorry, it's late. Life. But, you know, Riverdale had to take a week off. So, uh, you know, gave us, gave us some time to get back caught up. And Ides of March will be out soon as well. And let's give a tease for that. Ides of March gave us something better to hold on to. You know what? It got us on track. It's like, okay, you guys have a plan. Finally. You guys have a, like, you're building towards something. Yeah. Which I like, which I like seeing. It, you know what? It made me feel how I felt towards the end of season three. When they finally get steamrolling on their main plot lines, they're great. Yeah. But when they muddle through this middle part of the season, mm -hmm. they throw shit against the wall like this. Yeah. And it's bad. Yeah. I need to go watch a super cut of all of the flash forwards Ooh. like lined up. I need to go find that. Someone's done it somewhere, I believe. Or if if you've got it, link me at Modcaster. That'll make my life easier. Thank you. Thanks, Internet. Love you. So until next time, hashtag Go Bulldogs. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.